0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Yeah!
2: Yeah! All right. Yes.
1: Buenos dias. (laughs) (laughs) Roars!
3: I don't mind you taking your time there. We've got three hours. (laughs) Jump in when
2: you're ready.
1: What does he ask? Hey, all right, good to see everyone.
2: Kaminski brothers in for Travis and Sleep. We restarting. Are we just restarting the whole thing. We're we gonna we're we gonna get this thing right. We're we gonna get it right. We can do what we want today. Come on. Right, we're let's perfectionists. Restart. We're being let's restart perfectionists. the whole damn thing. <laughs> Everybody play their parts. Everybody play their parts right, for ready? real. All, ready? all right, here we go.
0: Yeah!
2: Yeah! yeah. Yes!
0: Roar! All right!
4: that hard people
2: it's not that hard everybody just has to work together as a group put their own agendas to the side we're a unit i i've done two shows in the last couple
3: days and both of them had to be started over Mm -hmm.
2: (laughs) yeah i'm aware (laughs) i I don't
3: think through any fault of my own last week is because bergman like didn't even provide a rundown and i was unaware of the noise that i was supposed to make at the beginning of the show it's different for everyone. Do they make a noise at the beginning of Sedano in cap? Yeah,
2: yeah. They- yeah. Okay, <laughs> they <laughs> sing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm right. hey. part em. of this station for years. What you're really saying is, I don't listen to any of it when I'm not on the air. Yes. <laughs> that is really what you're this saying. That is exactly what I'm saying. I, I The only time I It's ever- because
3: I don't want to come in with preconceived notions. I want to keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. I want to keep it real. And also, yes, I'm not listening.
2: Yeah, clearly not listening. All right, how was everybody's holidays? The Lakers obviously did not give <laughs> the Christmas present that fans wanted, losing 126-115 to the Celtics at home Uh, We've got questions about the new lineup that Darvin Ham is starting right now. We've got questions about the effect of Gabe Vincent, who will be reportedly undergoing surgery out six to eight weeks is the estimation, which for those keeping score at home, takes you past the trade deadline. Yes. And could very well affect the different things the Lakers might be looking to do. If they're looking to be active on that front, they are still connected to Zach Levine. There's a new guy, high-profile point guard that the Lakers are reportedly eyeing as well. We will get into that. The Rams all of a sudden looking like one of, if not the hottest teams in the entire NFC. Some of the uh, perceived juggernauts faltering a little bit, looking a little bit more vulnerable. But 49ers, Scott destroyed dude the f- last 40, night the 49 destroyed the 49ers ruined my particular <laughs> christmas trying to get in uh, trying to get into I'm not going to go with the deep dive of our fantasy league because nobody cares but trying but, to But but
3: let's just take a minute here no, and no, get no, in my fantasy team.
2: <laughs> all I'm going to say is if you have the Niners kicker and you need the kicker to have a big day in order to get yourselves into your Super Bowl Four interceptions. <laughs> Four interceptions and then
3: also being down to the point where they cannot possibly
2: try to kick a field goal. Like three points doesn't help. Nope, yep. nope. It happens. Ruined the whole damn thing. Do you guys yeah. have some good holidays there, Funchy and Jorge? Uh,
0: yeah, I was here. I was here yesterday for the game, the big game, and uh, I didn't hardly have a Christmas because I had to work.
3: Uh, that sounds great. Yeah,
2: Thank you, yeah. Funchy. Well, yeah,
0: yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, I'm sorry
2: to bug you guys Thanks, Lakers, <laughs> for ruining my holiday. Yeah. Okay. No. Did you see more bitter yesterday or Beto? What was that? Did you seem more bitter yesterday oh. <laughs> with your holiday being spent here? Yeah, with we're
0: bad. Yes, yes, yes. Because he has like, he's on like a 10, you know, energy wise. And, you know, sometimes I'm like at a two, <laughs> especially especially at Christmas time. And, you know, I you know, we don't kind of want to be here, but, you
2: know, got to work. got <laughs> to work. I well, love the way we're starting out this show, Funchy. I didn't really want to be here yesterday. Right. Brian, I don't listen at all unless I happen to be on air. We be this is, we're being Not honest totally right listening. here. We're being honest. <laughs> A, we just it's a day it? after. It's, this is like our Festivus right now. We are doing... <laughs> Our festivist grievances. Jorge, how was your holiday?
3: It
1: was great. It was cool. Yeah, I'm gonna bring the energy back to it. I mean I had a
2: great yeah. I had a great
3: Christmas. I'm very happy to be here. Yeah. But if you're asking me if I'm like a daily listener to Sedano, <laughs> you know I got like kids at home, I'm working on doing stuff.
1: Nah, it was fun. We went to uh Friday, we had a uh, Christmas party at the Sunset Room with a circle of trust.
3: Nice. You know, I saw the pictures. Yeah, how was of that? that? It how was fun? that? It was
1: fun. It was a lot of fun. There was a lot of people that flew in. Uh, I know the Emmanuel he flew in from uh, Napa Valley. We had other people flew in from Phoenix just to hang out with you know some of the people in the circle of trust and then saturday you know we had you know christmas eve whatever and then sunday was it monday yesterday monday yesterday was yeah yeah. so i came to the game yesterday we had tickets for the game brought brenda it was fun dude the
2: the circle the enthusiasm of that particular group and like you want to talk about buy-in we talk we talk all the time about teams and (laughs) buy-in The circle of trust has bought in. Darvin
3: needs those people to go <laughs> yeah, into the locker like, room.
2: Right? Darvin, Darvin could absolutely take a few lessons from the buy-in of the circle of trust. We had a great uh, Christmas Eve over at our place. My daughter, who's 12, I introduced her to Die Hard. We, you know, like, Die Hard takes place on Christmas Eve, making it a Christmas movie. She had never seen Die Hard before, and she loved it. But she was getting really stressed out for John McClane. Like at one point, she actually told me she was very worried he can't survive this. Like there's no way he can get out of Especially this. Especially with no shoes. Someone get yes. him some shoes, yes, yeah. please. Oh yeah, the no shoes. The you know he's outgunned. He has to. He has to constantly find weapons from the people that he killed or that he beats up or that you know laying around whatever. And I had to explain to her without giving anything away, like in terms of how things work out. I did let her know there have been four other (laughs) diehards since this one. So it's probably going to work out for John McClane just because she was really, really sweating this thing. It was also funny too. She was like, why is he talking weird? She's like, he talks weird and the way he speaks is kind of weird. And I explained to her, that's how 80s action heroes talked. Like they talked with that voice, they had you a have to be a little growly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that'd be yeah. tough you talk her. Yeah. So I'd, I'd explain to her, you know, you had to be there. In the '80s, this is how Action Heroes talked, but you know, Gen Zier loved herself some diehard. What do you she, think about Hans Gruber? She loved Hans Gruber in part because she's familiar with him from the Harry Potter movies.: Oh okay, yeah. So she knows him as Snape, but she loved him as Hans Gruber. She's also a big fan of Argyle, the limo driver. <laughs> it's just a good movie. Like, yeah, I I think too.
3: Like in this, like the taking of the weapons from the dead people is like the shooting and the upgrading. Um, that's actually something that that they really do well in the John Wick series. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I'm okay. I'm going to kill you, and now I'm going to take your stuff. Like that's how they never run out of bullets. Which I appreciate because that's always one of the things in these movies. You're like, come on. But no, if you just keep, if you're constantly killing hordes of bad guys like John
2: Wick does, you have access to all the good stuff like all the time. Yeah, absolutely. I, I explained to her because I'm eventually going to introduce her to like Speed and Passenger 57 He means the and movie. <laughs> and oh, yeah. Ooh, oh, passenger well. 57 on your oh, right? I, I explained to her how Die Hard created a formula where it's basically Die Hard on a bus. Die Hard on a submarine, Die Hard on a plane, like that. That Die Hard became the model for all of these, and and she's she's excited. She's a, she's excited to see some of these movies.
1: So, uh, are you going to show her the other three Die Hards anytime soon?
2: Maybe Die Hard Three, Die Hard yes. with a Vengeance. yes. that one's yes. actually really fun. Mm-hmm. Die Hard Two in the airport is. Okay, yeah. four and five are unwatchable. No, no, <laughs> they no. Are I so. think it's just best to leave it at one. Just
3: let, it, it on, like let it
1: 80. be. Oh, I went there. Oh, whatever.
2: It is so good, though. <laughs> I mean, it really is perfect. Like, somebody actually asked me on Twitter, at Cam Brothers, what's the appropriate age for your child to see Die Hard? Six. That's what I said. Four. Yes. Four. Six and four. I was like, I don't know, man. They're your kids. <laughs> like, when you deem it appropriate, right. if you think your four-year-old can watch Die Hard, if you think your kid isn't mature enough till the kid's thirty, like it's up to you, not, not the my boss kid. of you. I, it, yeah, I mean, make your own choices. I, I think it's it's
3: one of those movies that is everyone should see, and it's just inappropriate enough without being crazy inappropriate that the kids can feel like I'm probably watching something, maybe a little bit that I shouldn't, but it's not going to scar them ki Kaye
2: Mother For example. I'd also I had to explain to her what ki Kaye means and who Roy Rogers is, because he calls himself Roy. John McClane is like his code name. Cowboy references. She had no idea what he was talking about there. She'd never heard the phrase ki Kaye. She has heard the other one. Yippie Kaye mother- <laughs> She's heard Mother Effer many times. Many, <laughs> many times, often on the way to school, as I'm frustrated driving her there with all the other drivers. <laughs> She's her Who curses more, driving you or, or or your wife? Oh, me. Yeah. First of all, my wife never drives. That's true. She rarely, if ever, drives anywhere. But I'm always the one driving. So you've got me cursing, and then you've got her cursing at me because while she never drives anywhere, she's a major backseat driver. Oh, she's
3: a big time critic. I hate that because my wife is much more aggressive at yelling at other people and like glaring at them and like flashing you know the finger and all this other stuff like i'm like in an era of road rage and people with concealed weapons like i just don't do that. i'm not you know, like yelling like that I'm like i worry about her when she drives oh i don't give the
2: finger i will not do that no i don't do you don't, that you don't yeah, know don't who either. you're but flipping but you off. give him the stare though right
1: and you honk for Andy writes
3: them sternly worded letters
1: <laughs>
2: track down their license that's point. right he leaves, leaves, it on their, leaves it on their windshield absolutely all right speaking of unhappy folks uh that would be lakers fans after yesterday's loss to the celtics it is the second uh look at darvin's new starting lineup with jared vanderbilt in d'angelo russell out spacing out um can this work moving forward we'll talk about that coming up next kamenetsky brothers in for travis since lee was 710 espn Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save. That's the number eight, S A V E. Jets Pizza, better because it has to be. Kimonetsky Brothers in for Travis and And because I know he's listening right now because he's always listening. I just want Chris Morales to know how much I appreciate every time I'm ever on. He will work in at least one boogie nights drop into the reference. I mean, into the imaging. Thank you, Chris, because he knows that it delights me. It, it delights makes him both very happy, of us.
3: and it's also a reminder that Fresca is delicious, very underrated
2: soda. My wife loves Fresca. It's great. It's made something of a comeback over this. Like, it has a decade. little bit. It's having a moment. Yeah, because it was big, big in the seventies, and then it kind of. There was a period where I thought it was discontinued, but it is back. It was <laughs> going by the way of tab. Yeah, I, I, there was a period where if you had asked me maybe 20 years ago, does Fresca still exist, my answer would have been no, but Fresca is back it's now really with a vengeance, good. if nothing else, in our household. Yeah, no, it's delicious, and you know what else is good? Squirt doesn't get enough
3: play. Out there tequila? for it. I was going to say, it's tequila. Oh,
1: man. You make white tequila or blanco tequila with a little bit of squirt? Good.
2: I did not know that.
1: Yeah. I
4: could
2: see that being Try good. It. I I don't like mixed drinks. I like straight liquor. Like I I don't like, like bu- a man. I love it <laughs> like a man exactly like a man every morning. <laughs> he does. <laughs> he does every
3: morning. He doesn't mix his booze with with mixers. He doesn't mix mixes drugs with mixers. He's not in there. You know, taking his cocaine and chopping it up with diet coke, <laughs> or <laughs> you know, or squirt. <laughs>
2: You're going to go with maybe baby powder or something that might make sense.
3: <laughs> do you do that with baby powder? No, I'm saying, but I mean, like, without going too far down the rabbit hole, no, I was perhaps trying to getting I was myself in trouble. A
2: mixers joke, but like, you know, <laughs> that that is the common right for right. Moving on, the good. Lakers lose 126, 115. <laughs> you see, Brian,
3: when I try to fool people and think they're buying yes. pure stuff, I like to cut it
2: with baby powder and then take the proceeds to my car wash. That That is. <laughs> Actually, you are describing what people do. I right understand there. that. Okay, one twenty-six, one fifteen to the Celtics. Christmas Ugh. lump of coal. Big day from Anthony Davis. If there is one positive <laughs> takeaway from this two and six stretch that the Lakers have been on since the IST, not looking at all like a contender, is that Anthony Davis has been nails since this forty. 40- yeah. Yeah, go ahead. 40 points last night, 13 rebounds, 4 assists, a block, 15 of 26 from the field, 2 of 4 from behind the arc, 8 of 10 from the free throw line. There are a lot of things that you can complain about or worry about as a Laker fan. Anthony Davis, Mm. this has been a change over the last few years. Anthony Davis ain't one of them. That's
3: what I was going to say. It's very refreshing to have this stretch of poor play where we're not talking about him. Like, I've, that's nice that's a nice twist on things where we don't have to worry about him because there are a lot of other problems but at least we can leave him out of it Anthony Davis is balling and you know this is like he's playing like MVP caliber basketball like the team isn't but so he won't win but like you know the, the play he made on Tatum yesterday that you know trail block and whatever like to, that that's like that is the clip you put in
2: is in his dPOI. You know, like highlight reel well it was it, insane it wasn't just though that he had that block on tatum it's that he began the possession guarding tatum uh-huh. at the top, top of, of, of the, the yard right. Yeah. right then ends up getting him at the rim in 80 is playing right now like the franchise face that the lakers signed that extension for him to be and that laker fans and frankly the laker franchise have been Begging for him to become. Right. Now they need to figure out the best way to exploit this. Right. Because the problem is he's doing all of that stuff. He's
3: playing exactly like the player you wanted to be and all those things. (laughs) They're losing
2: pretty consistently by fairly decent margins. Right. Now, one of the questions um, with the Lakers is this new starting lineup of AD, LeBron, Torian Prince. Cam Reddish and then Jared Vanderbilt in for D'Angelo Russell moving to the bench. It is an effort to really lean into becoming a better defensive team. Trying to correct the issues that have been plaguing this team no matter who starts Mm -hmm. on both sides of the ball. The first quarter has been their worst by a long shot offensively and defensively. There have been major problems thus far this new lineup is has not proved to be the solution. It is
3: not. It is a bad idea. It was a bad idea on paper before they tried it. It was a bad idea when they went out. Even the game they won over the weekend against Oklahoma City. They did not win because that starting lineup was like dominant or anything. And they got throttled yesterday. It is it's a bad lineup. I I, I understand like what you're saying in terms of Overcorrecting for, you know, trying to really overcorrect for defense really changed the the rhythm of what they were doing. They were playing really bad. Darwin needed to make a change. That part up to that part's fine. But what they've done by putting Vanderbilt and and Cam Reddish in the lineup together is not they've they've got very little shooting and they've got very little ball handling. So if you get the ball out of LeBron's hands, you go back and watch some of those possessions yesterday, the minute the ball left LeBron's hands and now like Cam Reddish is creating or like trying to do a pick and roll or something like it is a disaster
2: every time that's actually to me because you know you and I talked about this on today's Locked on Lakers available anywhere you get your podcast five days a week Monday through Friday 23 minutes never behind a paywall there is also for the sickos who like to watch a YouTube component Mm -hmm. as well so you can watch us you can listen you can do both all their Locked on Lakers but one of the things we talked about was that spacing issue for the Lakers with this new lineup, the more I've thought about it, it's the lack of ball handling that actually bothers me more because to some degree the spacing is going to be a problem with this team no matter how they reconfigure things. But putting all the ball handling essentially on one guy, that's the part that I think is truly untenable moving forward. Like I, That's the part of it that the more I think about it, the more I think, really stagnates their offense in, in ways that are more controllable to try. Well, yeah, and but fix. They're,
3: they're also re- they're also related. When you, when you you know the limited ball handling that you have is made worse by the fact that you you can't create space to make life easier for guys that might not be quite as good on the dribble or things like that. They, everything is compressed. Like if you take away. 10 inches per defender in terms of the amount that they can sag off and at the NBA level that is that's it like you know AD talked about missing a couple you know easy ones in the paint you go back and watch the first the first 4 minutes of that game yesterday like technically speaking those are shots he can make but he's like shooting through double teams over Kristaps Porzingis like all these other things like the shot quality wasn't very good LeBron's like trying to dribble under the basket to get people off of him and fade away jumpers. And it's like, and it's because they can't generate clean looks with this lineup. And because they turn the ball over and Boston's out running and stuff like that against a a defense that isn't set, you're not really even getting the benefits of having these extra defenders on the floor. So it is a
2: bad idea and Darwin needs to change it quickly. Okay. Changes need to come quickly unless unless they want to just give this thing time to breathe because mm. it's Dar- suffocated. Okay, it. Well look, in Darvin's defense, and I want to make it clear, I'm not saying that he necessarily landed on the right solution with this or that it can work, but in his defense, the defense in the first quarter has actually been a bigger problem than the offense. They've both been problematic, but the defense has actually been worse. And they have changed in some ways what they do defensively with Vando in there. They've become more of a switchy group than they had been. And in order to make that work, if it can work at all, you do need time. But if you've already concluded that this can't work, and I understand why anybody would, they have not landed on a starting lineup that has been functional enough on either side of the ball What is the look that they should be going with? We'll talk about that next coming up. Kamenetsky brothers in for Travis and Slee with 710 ES. Kamenetsky Brothers in for Travis and Slee, 710 ESPN. Who is this laughing baby?
1: Who's this uh, Funchy? Uh, Twista. Uh, Celebrity Overnight, right? Funch? Yes,
2: Twista. Twista. How did I know that and you didn't? You knew that? No. Wait. <laughs> what is... I don't know what a Twista is. What is Celebrity Overnight? Is that the name of the song? Okay. Yeah, that's the name of the song.
0: Yeah. There you have it. From Twista. He's yeah, he, like the fastest rapper back, fastest back in the... He's the fastest rapper, yeah. too. Yeah. Is like, he
3: like micro machines guy? Yeah, he's rap. like
0: micro machine guy rapping. Yeah, basically.
3: All right.
2: Like I'll, we'll find some of his stuff. Yeah, later. I want to say, I, I want to say, I want to hear more because what I heard there wasn't particularly fast. Like, I, I was not impressed by the speed of that. That's well, that's go. just a bap, beat. Kind of quick, but I, I mean, I I did that. No, that, that was not impressive at all. Uh, also unimpressive. <laughs> the starting lineup for the Lakers over the last two games. On both ends of the floor, the defense that it was supposed to correct, putting Jared Vanderbilt in for D'Angelo Russell, has not happened. And the offense that skeptics uh, said would crater has been happening. Uh, Anthony Davis talked after yesterday's loss about the new lineup.
4: Yeah, I think, uh, you know, with the lineup change, you know, just trying to find ways to be effective on the offensive end. You know, uh, we know that teams are probably not going to try to guard Vando, so just using him in actions or, uh, like, tonight they put Porzingis on him and, you know, have him setting the ball screens and keeping him in actions. But I think overall, um, just trying to figure it out. You know, um, like I said, I think we were fine offensively. We we have our space in, you know, TPs, making shots, Cam, AR. Uh, when guys are in, you know, myself, Braun. but um, I think we just – we really, we're really good in transition, um, and that kind of helped you know, kick starts our offense. But, you know, when we're not defending, um, it's tough to get to, you know, our bread and butter, which is that transition that we play off of that. So, um, you know, even with that lineup change, though, know, we really, we look really good defensively. We just gotta, you know, be able to, you know, get some stops, and especially early on, starting games like that. You know, granted they made some, some shots, but uh, we gotta buckle down and let that fuel our transition.
2: There's a lot in there from AD taking up for what they're doing while explaining the reasons why it doesn't work or the problems that are inherent. I mean, like,
3: and he he was kind enough to leave out that they're not not guarding Jared Vanderbilt. They're not guarding him and Reddish. And that's really the problem. It's like you can get away because Vanderbilt moves nicely without the ball and he'll dive down to the bucket for, like, you know, a back cut or something like that and make himself available. But you can't play defense or off you can't play offense in in uh, in the NBA now against good teams when you the other team can ignore two of your guys and you know whether it's Reddish or Vanderbilt or something like that because I know we've got sound from Darvin talking about this stuff too like you whenever the Lakers offense tilts towards those guys the other team wins that is a win for the other team even if it turns out okay like the first bucket the Lakers made yesterday against the Celtics was like kind of like an emergency late clock three from Reddish.
2: That's fine. Boston will take that every single time down the floor. Yeah. And look, the first the first one that they missed was Torian Prince with a wide first open shot of the game. Three that was a that nice went play. Half, it went halfway down popped back. LeBron, up. nice cross court pass coming in. It was like right. that clean look for Torian right. Prince and
3: on board with the first shot they took in no, the no. game. And,
2: and the rest of them were not good. I I don't know. I think some of what here's the problem. I understand with what you're saying. And eight seven seven, seven ten ESPN, by the way, if you want to weigh in on what the starting lineup Should look like what the rotations should look like because obviously, there are going to be if you change the starting lineup, it has a trickle down effect to the rotation. What do you want to see? Who do you want to see more of? Who do you want to see less of? Who do you not want to see at all? Jackson Hayes, I'm looking in your direction, not even. The seven minutes a game that they're giving Jackson Hayes, I don't understand at all. I mean, I, I think it was
3: a little bit of a Porzingis thing, a little bit. But, but we've Boston, s- but we've seen dust this. off
2: Christian Wood. You got to play a second tall guy at least a little. Bit. See, I disagree. I think if you're playing him seven minutes a game, I actually don't think you're getting enough out of any either one of their options, Christian Wood. If you're well, playing-
3: AD was on the floor for most of that. Game. I mean, the idea is like because there were i mean the shots the the opportunities for him to just stand and shoot over Hachimura or stand and shoot over Cam Reddish it just wasn't
2: fair like you can't do that i understand but i i feel like those 7 minutes i would rather see Reeves play more i would rather see I- you know,
3: I, especially Hachimura's-
2: in non in non
3: like this is a larger global like in games where you're not playing Chris Stapp's Porzingis, for example. Right. But do uh, you need to play Jackson Hayes at all? The answer is no.
2: Right. There have been plenty of them where, again, it's not even so much about Hayes or Wood being ineffective, even though I think it's a they little have bit been about that. ineffective. I don't think those seven minutes give them enough time to really make any type of impact I don't think it's enough time for anybody to get into a flow. I would rather those seven, eight minutes just be extended towards the players getting actual minutes and you building more continuity and more chemistry. I'd rather go smaller in those moments. But again, eight, seven, 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 ten, 710 espn if you want to weigh in. What would, what would you, Brian, look to do with, I, the, with the starting lineup?
3: The first thing I would try is the lineup that basically... Help! They leaned on to get to the Western Conference Finals last year. Like Vanderbilt, they could not use that lineup earlier in the year because Jared Vanderbilt wasn't healthy enough to play. He seems healthy enough now. So at the very least, I would try the lineup that they were very successful with last year. Obviously, that That would be D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Reeves, Vanderbilt, AD LeBron. Mm -hmm. Obviously, that means taking Cam Reddish, putting him on the bench. That is something that Darvin seems reluctant to do. I don't really mind. And it also means moving Torrey and Prince to the bench, which is a bigger deal because Prince has actually played very well and serves a very important purpose, I think, on both sides of the ball. Um, for that lineup, he has become easily their most reliable volume three-point shooter. and He's the, basically their
2: only, only volume especially three-point Especially if Delo
3: is coming off the bench and playing 18 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes a game. Um like, if that's what, you know, it, that is a bigger shift to move him to the bench. But he's also been a reserve for, you know, 75% of his career, I think, something like that. Like, more or less, 50%. Like, that wouldn't be a huge change for him. I would try that lineup. That is that is the move I would have made, is to say, let, you know, let's lean into something that we know,
2: that we've used, and see what see what comes of that. That's what I would have tried. I mean, the devil's advocate argument against it, because for what it's worth, I've been curious to see more of that look as well. I think Jared Vanderbilt gives them a lot of optionality to try to paper over the defensive issues that you have and that we've seen with D'Lo and Reeves as a defensive backcourt. The devil's advocate argument against doing it is you will have to reconfigure your entire rotation and you're doing this in game 32. Moving forward, I'm not saying it's on un- not doable. I'm saying that's the I think the biggest argument against it is that you have to retool the entire. Okay, so
3: Darwin. Look, Darwin said something that was really interesting after I think it was the Oklahoma City game. It might have been or before the Boston game. I don't remember. He was talking about the lineup. He said, "Look, like it is a big deal to change your starting lineup." He was asked about like, "Do you need to make a, a lineup change?" Maybe this was after the the game that led to the lineup change. Um,
2: It it was actually correct. correct. It was after I believe the Minnesota loss,
3: where the Lakers, by the way,
2: played pretty well
3: without LeBron. Like that was, and and they won on Saturday with essentially the same formula. They played really hard, got some good shooting, and and stuff like that. And that's how they stuck. Interestingly, the difference is LeBron was available in Oklahoma City, and he wasn't available in Minnesota. This period
2: where the last eight games. Since, I believe it's eight since the IST, where they have looked very bad. Yeah. The shooting has actually been pretty good during that period. As a team, they're shooting almost 40% from from behind the arc. For a team that the shooting often comes and goes, and if nothing else, it seems like they are incapable of hitting big threes. Like the, the moment when... I don't know if this is... I don't know how you measure this as a metric, but threes that damn it oh god really that's got you gotta get that one you've got they're, gotta, they're like, like the 10%. other team
3: and the other team seems to like always be making yes. like oh that one that it, one you needed you like, needed
2: that one it didn't feel this way yesterday but the lakers actually shot better from three than boston they did like by a pretty considerable margin but it felt like boston hit every single backbreaker three or the 3 that really just I I'm I'm inventing a metric. Momentum. I'm calling
3: it the TGGI metric. That's got to go in. Yeah. And like and it like the Lakers they're shooting like 7%. Mm-hmm. for the that doesn't matter really if it goes in, 3-pointer <laughs> they are like at 80%. But Darvin said it, it after the the Minnesota game Changing the starting lineup at the NBA level is a BFD. It is a really big deal to do that. And so you have to be really judicious about how you do it. And one of the things that bugs me about this lineup change, and I'm generally deferential. People listen to the podcast. People have heard us on the radio. People have heard us do post-game shows. I am generally deferential to coaches because... They're making choices and seeing things and know who's feeling right and isn't. And the, they see numbers that I don't and all this stuff. And I will, I will give them the benefit of the doubt because they do that for a living and I do this. But like if I can see these problems and other people, if you're going to make a, do this thing that you say is a really big deal and this is the thing that you do where you're almost certainly going to have to change it again. Even if it kind of goes well, you're probably putting yourself in a position, you know, you've cha- you know, you've shaken up the team, guys are thinking, they're like, now we're going to have to change it again. Why? Why would you pick that thing to be the thing that you use to, to, to try to change the vibe? I don't get it. And if your starting lineup is, if it's such a good idea, why would you only want to play it nine minutes a game? like they're not playing it like a normal lineup where you start the half and the half start the half and the half like and it occurred to me yesterday is like if this is a good thing a good starting lineup you would want to play them more they seem to be going out of their way to avoid it
2: yeah i mean the the closing piece of it does not necessarily bother me because i i can think of plenty of examples where high end teams have not closed games sure lamar odom
3: star- did not start right always finish.
2: exactly like you know it was not a given last year that the lakers were going to close games when they went on a western conference finals run mm-hmm. with their starting group as well that piece doesn't bother me but what you bring up the idea of limited we are going to have limited use of this starting five period that may be where you're on to something talk about the obviously more of this Coming up, the impact of Gabe Vincent's impending reported surgery, what that does for the Lakers with the trade deadline approaching. Also, want to get into the Rams, who happily, some happy news for LA. Might be the. I got best some looking- numbers about what what could happen this weekend that are very exciting. Might be the very best, exciting. Might be the best looking team right now in the NFC at the moment, but. Coming up next, Hey, Did You See? Get into what Jorge has seen, 710 ESPN.
1: All right, buenos dias, everybody. Buenos dias. What's up, fools? All right, so uh, this is uh, Hey, Did You See? And uh, over the weekend, uh, during Christmas, there was an interesting video I came across, and it's where Shohei Otani gave Joe Kelly's wife Mm -hmm. a brand-new Porsche because she started a campaign about Joe Kelly giving up his number to the number 17 to Shohei Ohtani, they didn't ask for they, Joe Kelly never asked for money. He didn't ask for anything. What do you guys think of Ohtani just straight up gifting a Porsche like this to his wife without ever him asking, getting asked for anything in return for the number?
3: I think a lot of people are going to try to do nice things for Shohei Ohtani <laughs> going forward. It sets a very high bar. I would have given Joe Kelly's wife a Porsche, but I would have deferred it. Until after the contract was over. So, 2017 or 2020, 2038 or whatever, Joe Kelly's wife <laughs> gets a
2: Porsche. Here's the thing, too. This is also Otani laying down the groundwork really effectively for I will make it worth all of your while to do all of the media and be in front mm-hmm. facing for this team that I'm never gonna do. This is what you stand to gain if you help me maintain my ridiculous secrecy for the next 10 years, you too may have a Porsche. Right. Just show up one day on on your street. All you have to do
3: is just not acknowledge that Shohei Otani is on the team. I don't know who you're talking
2: about. But you know what, also too, it pays to be proactive. Like the Kelly family saw an opportunity and immediately got in front of it and said, okay, you know what, you got number 17, Anything you want, just but, join this team, Shohei Otani.
3: I mean, Evan Phillips's wife <laughs> could have done the same thing. But no, but
2: she wasn't number seventeen. Like you got, uh, that's you, true. You got, you got to find your. No, way. that is true. It's, it's, yeah,
3: I'll give you number fifty-nine. This thing that you don't want. Good point. Right. Really not helpful. No,
2: no, no. But but what Evan Phillips can do. Is find a different way <laughs> to win Shohei Ohtani's like, favor. Does
3: Shohei Ohtani have a certain locker location? Yeah, in the clubhouse that at least you get one of those doubles like that a lot of the really big stars get, and that would mean that Gus Varland, just looking at names, random names, <laughs> the Dodgers bullpen. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Do you Poor guys know Gus. what a Gus Varland is? No. I don't either. Do you think Bergman <laughs> does? I'm not even sure Bergman knows what a Gus Varland is. But like that guy might have a like
2: real estate that he can just give to Otani yeah, for a Porsche. It's obvious Otani is a generous guy. It's also obvious he's easily manipulated. So both <laughs> of these things can be used in your favor as the Dodgers. He's also doing a little bit of string pulling. Like again, I think Otani is laying down the groundwork for. I will make this very worth your while for everybody to play by my very extreme rules for the next 10 years. Everybody wins. You get a Porsche. You, <laughs> you get, get a, Porsche. a Porsche. I mean, otani you... <laughs> has got like $700 million guaranteed on top of the money he already has. He can afford to throw Porsches around. Yeah, he can. In this case, that
0: get actually it, is a perfect... It, yep. Is this the priciest like number exchange ever? Probably, it's got to be. be, It's got. It's like six figures probably, right?
3: It's got to be up there. I mean, do we know if it was like if you got like the. Like the clear coat? Like did he get like the I'm sure whole, he got the top of the line model. The line, I mean, Miami I'm Morsh. sure he didn't
2: get the, you know, the bottom one. But I mean, She was surprised. We're, <laughs> we're going to find out too one day that Otani has some type of Porsche deal.
1: But like- But, <laughs> but, like, <laughs> he did, but like- He not owns a part of the company. Is yeah. it a full <laughs>
2: options package? Like did
1: skipped he- Skipped out, you know,
2: giving out, you know, satellite radio on it and everything. What? Are, are you saying this Porsche has like no Wi-Fi ability? Yeah, probably not. <laughs> no, like- CD okay. player and it's still-
3: <laughs> What happens- It's the base model. <laughs> it's the base, it's the model. base model. Yeah, it's the base model. But what- Here's a good question- when, let's say, like, the free subscription, the six months you get <laughs> yes. to Sirius XM expires, does Joe Kelly go to Otani and be like, hey, man, hey. can you re-up <laughs> <Yeah>. that <subscription? laughs> it's On your account. Are
1: you on your, account. you on your own at on, yeah. that point? Oh, man, so good. All right, so let me take you guys a little bit uh, behind the curtain. So earlier we played a song by Twista with Celebrity Overnight, and we said he's one of the fastest rappers ever. So we had a, we had an interesting phone call. Funchy, can you uh, elaborate on that? Yeah,
0: uh, we got a call from uh, you know, a guy. Uh, I'm not going to say his name. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to defend the fact that, you know, in L.A., they play Bone Thungs and Harmony, and we should be considering them the fastest rapper of all time. And I want to say that that all even, of them or oh, any bone no. in particular. Well I, well, I think Lazy Bone might be the, the fastest one, the but yeah, he's trying to, to say, give
2: Crazy more credit than yeah, he deserves. Yeah,
0: yeah, but I, I, you know, we I'm looking at the facts here, and Twister right. is literally he he did 598 syllables. <laughs> he's in 55 timed. <laughs> yes, yeah, so he it was timed. To he <laughs> was took a record. This
1: is a world Guinness They've Book of Records. Measurable. Yeah, What's they his do. P-R? Yeah. All right. So hold on. So we found the song. And we're gonna play it for you guys so you guys can see how fast it is. Because he has asked, How fast does <laughs> he rap? See if we you can wonder. get any words out of see it, you too. Get, see how many words you understand out of this.
2: I heard a tongue twister in there. There's, there's a, a like, there's a, a reference to your yeah. sister, there's a blister. I, I gotta say, this guy combines speed. And the ability to understand him pretty damn well.
3: the the rhythm's really good, but I do wonder if you're kind of you try to rap that way if you're limited to only things that end in (laughs) "ah." No,
2: he he's got a he had a long career already, a long, very long career. I can believe that guy's the fastest in terms of you have to be able to actually understand what he's saying. Otherwise, the speed becomes a negative, not yeah. And, that, a positive. and sometimes when I listen to Bone Thugs' records, I can't,
0: I don't understand what they're saying. You know, I Can just pull one of those up. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, we will.
2: We'll compare and then uh, yeah, a little later. Eight seven seven. Can you rap
1: any faster?
2: Jorge says, "Twist is faster." No, Some okay. caller told Funches <laughs> that it's Lazy Bone. That is ridiculous. <laughs> 877-710-ESB. Am I nuts? You're going to come on my <laughs> nuts!" and tell me that Bone <laughs> is faster than Twister. Oh,
0: man. No. It would be great if he comes in and talks about that during crosstalk. It will be. Yeah. It would be. You yeah. guys are
2: idiots. <laughs> Everybody knows that Lazy Bone is faster than Twister. Am I nuts? <laughs> Am I wrong? (laughs) Conversations that John Ireland will never have for 800, Alex. (laughs) Am I wrong? Am I crazy? Uh, I can can promise you there's not much Twista or Lazy Bone being played in John Ireland's neighborhood. (laughs) No,
3: sir. Only only with (laughs) AirPods. (laughs) And that does
1: it for a, did you see,
3: I like that. That was fun. That was fun.
4: Oh, so that's more often
3: if you guys did that all the time. <laughs> that guy really got mad, Funchy. Yeah, he yeah, did. He really did. Got he really did. Really did. It was because it's an I, LA thing? I hear Funchy. Yeah, punchy. he was just trying
0: to say, like, you know, Bone Thugs and Harmony represents LA, which they're they not don't. from LA. Didn't, they're, they're not from, from LA. Cleveland. They're from Cleveland. Exactly.
1: <laughs> yep. I hear Funchy over here. Dude, I'm looking at my computer right now. Yeah, no, I know. I'm like the facts. I'm looking at fast. i like the a book right? the same Lindsay Baseball represents LA. Yeah,
0: same thing. So
3: that's the worst the Where's Twista from? Twista is from Chicago. Okay. Which is, I, maybe, is that further is away? Isn't that Westmore, West of <laughs> right. Cleveland? It's closer. <laughs> Geographically, shouldn't we
2: be claiming Twista? Twista. right? Exactly. exactly. <laughs> if You got to claim one or the other right. from LA.
3: You're claiming twist. I of- feel like if you're going to get really upset by something like that, given the the history of rap and hip-hop in L.A., like you can find an actual L.A. rapper. Like a
2: speed yeah, rapper like a from speed L.A. Rapper yeah, we from could. LA. I, I think
0: we could. I think we could. Like, or it's got to be
2: a thing. I mean, Bone Thugs and Harmony are really associated with Cleveland. Like that. That's yeah, a yeah. pretty base knowledge The only thing. L.A.
0: connection they have is that Easy e found them. That's it. I mean, they've, I've probably been here. Yeah, I mean, they were hanging out here. Yeah, yeah. They, Easy E found they them and preferred. brought them to L.A. That's it. Yeah,
2: that. That. I bet you did not have any idea that someone would be calling you this morning to come.
0: Not the day after Christmas, man. I, I thought you. Might, why you want to talk about the you know Celtics being the
3: Lakers or the Rams?
0: But no. I, I but that's didn't think like
3: saying any- that I went to like I'm like I like New York claims me because I went to a business meeting there like a couple weeks ago. <laughs> Where well, you guys from St.
0: Louis? So you guys
2: are closer to New York, right? We're kind of tweeners. Okay, (laughs) speaking of St. Louis and New York, I remember when I was when I was at SC, my freshman year, like the moment when I realized people from California, and particularly Southern California, really don't know the US beyond Southern California and like the like closely surrounding regions. Like basically like you go past Vegas or like Lake Havasu, and they don't know the rest of the United States at all. Someone asked me, you know, I'm introducing myself, uh, different freshman. You know, where are you from? St. Louis. Oh, how close is that to New York? <laughs> 2,000 right. miles? It's like those, <laughs> you remember
3: those old maps of the United States when, like, bef- like, California was there and, like, it ended at, like, Missouri and the rest was just, like illustrations of things they think might be there like sea monsters and other stuff like that's what geography is to native la people like yeah. they just don't know anything in between it could be
2: filled with anything yeah. it, no it was, idea it was cra- like this person asked me in earnest how close are you to new york like not much for how much closer than you bro like in the grand scheme of things we're both pretty I pop in there every other weekend <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just take the train into new york every week <laughs> Alright, the Rams. We'll, we'll get back to the Lakers, but let's get into some positivity. The yeah. Rams, looking right now like they they are as hot, as good as any team in the NFC, and their playoff odds looking better each week. We'll explain exactly what needs to happen for them to get into the playoffs 7-10 ESPN.